0: Podcast does. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Pretty Sketchy Podcast. I'm Corey, and with, with me, as always, is acclaimed author and '80s swashbuckling romance novel cover model Michael Marshman. <laughs> oh wow! All right. <laughs> uh, I could just, I'm just, uh, I really just want to Photoshop you into one of those things where you're on a boat with like your shirt all open, and, like a chest and shit, and long flowing hair. <laughs>
1: Which I do have the long flowing hair.
0: So. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> so I wasn't just imagining so, things. Um, yeah, so, okay, so this is pretty sketchy podcast. What we do is Michael wrote a comic book. Uh, I'm illustrating that comic book live for you guys so you can see exactly how not to make a comic book. Um, what's going on, man? How's things?
1: Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing too exciting. Well rested. I think it's... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah anything (laughs) eventful will be happening either later today or you know further in the week i guess
0: because
1: you know spider-man came out today
0: oh i did not know that i knew it was coming soon i didn't know it was today i suppose it's a thursday it makes perfect sense wow okay so (laughs) yeah well neither of us have seen it so i guess you'll hear about that one next time um yeah yeah but uh I, i might as well segue into this right now actually um because I was just doing a bit of a frantic topic search before we started, um, and I came across an article where Kevin Feige was saying that the Spider-Man, um, the current Spider-Man, is going to be in a five movie arc, um, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not because it includes well, Civil War has already happened, um, Homecoming, then you've got Infinity War, um, the next Avengers film, two. Homecoming Two, and it's it's like I feel like because <clears throat> he's going to be so featured in all of the following movies, it's kind of like they're setting him up to be the next Iron Man that they can just, just throw him. into anything and people will go see it, <laughs> you know, because there's all this talk Whew. of, you know, uh, um, what's Downy sort of, so, I read something this morning about him being like, ah, oh, you know, how, how long will he stay with the universe? And he was like, well, as long as the stories seem interesting and compelling and, and all that. And I'm like, yeah, as long as they keep backing huge dump trucks of cash up to your house is what the answer to that question is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's every chance that at some point Downey will be like, you know what, <laughs> there's nothing, um, no amount of money is worth it to just keep doing the same thing. Um, yeah. Although I don't know why. I mean, it's it's easy for us to say, but like, how hard can it be to just be Tony Stark? <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> I don't know
1: yeah maybe because it just comes so naturally to him well it seems like it yeah yeah he just, sure. he just does it so well mm-hmm.
0: yeah I don't know I I'd, yeah
1: I'd just who, knows, who knows what he goes through
0: yeah that's true like and and you know what he, his his thing was though He he's, he's super he's, he's not one of these guys who's like I'm fucking over it I'm not happy with the character anymore his argument was I don't want to do the movie that sucks because it'll yeah. just do away with all the good work we've done for the last Whatever power of Iron Man outings there's been like in fifty like, years. Yeah, it's like we've been we've been doing so good, like for this long. He kind of wants to leave before the inevitable downfall. You know. <laughs> yeah. And that's the gambling <laughs> thing. Like it's like you know, when's that gonna be? We don't know. You know, like one of these movies one day is gonna have to just be a tank. You know. Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, me personally, it already <clears> happened, <throat> but you know, it's <laughs> just... <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, in regards yeah. to the Iron Man character,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, what I, did you, what I fucking hated, I hated Iron Man three. Oh, was really? Just fucking atrocious. Without the
0: suit, yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was a cool dynamic? No,
1: nah. no, nah, fucking hated it. I walked out and said to myself, "I'm glad I didn't pay for that ticket." <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I mean, I don't think we'll see any more Iron Man movies, so I guess we're safe in that regard. It's always just going to be the thing. But what's going to happen? This is what I don't understand. Everyone's talking about money and how, you know, the whole Wonder Woman thing and that stupid argument. Um, but when, when you've got like uh, Infinity Wars or the next Avengers film or whatever, um, how are they going to like afford to pay everybody to be there? people are they, they're just going to have to take pay cuts. There's no way, because like everybody's slowly ramping up their numbers with each successful mm. film that goes by. And then there's going to be one where there's like literally, I mean, Civil War must have cost a fortune, you know, but you still, when you think about it, the core group of characters were there, but the other ones were sort of, you know, like guys like Black Panther and stuff like that. They're probably not commanding the $30 million salaries, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then after he does easy, like the Black Panther movie, then that's going to bump up. And then you got, you know, it's just going to keep on growing exponentially with each film until eventually they're just going to cost themselves out of actually making any more, you know?
1: Uh, maybe that's why they have Disney. They seem to have, like, infinite funds. <laughs>
0: yeah, they, they just go into their World War II vault and pull out some more bonds. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Walt's Frozen Head. While
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, Funny that was a plot for a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh wait, hang on. I should write down Forge yeah, because we should talk about that too. Yeah. So, um, oh, big news, man, coming out of, like in the comic book world. Donald Logue, hmm. star of he plays Bullock in uh, Gotham, a- among many other things. Hang on a sec, Max podcast. Um, or, <laughs> I don't think he's that well trained. He doesn't. <laughs> he's not a fan of the of the genre. <laughs> Everyone's a, good game. everyone's a critic. Um, yeah like serious news. <laughs> Donald logue has gone on social media as is his ex-wife um, asking for help in locating their 16 year old daughter uh, Jade. Jade Jade Logue. Um, and it's pretty pretty sad and pretty sort of telling of the times when you know stars are just you know going on social media asking for help you know it's not yeah. something you see every day that's why it sort of stood out to me I'm like man he's this is here's a guy pleading for any information and stuff like you're used to this sort of thing happening with people you don't know and people yeah. you probably don't have much interest in you know like it's usually a human interest story obviously if a kid's missing or whatever but you sort of go oh, okay it's someone I don't know you know what I know knows them you know but when it's somebody who's kind of in the public eye it just, you know, you start having all of these weird thoughts. Like, you, you know what I found was really disturbing in the way that I was looking at the video? I was, I was watching, more so with his wife's one. I don't, I don't think I've seen Donald speaking. I've just seen articles about it. But his wife was on social media. And the first thing, and this is a really sad thing, but it's, it's just naturally what happened in my mind. I was critiquing her performance based on whether or not I was buying the story. You know what I mean? Because okay. every time a kid goes missing, there's always like people, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where it's like it was a family member or it was someone we know or it's a cover up or something yeah. weird like that. And I've, I've got, I reckon this chick's just run away. I don't think there's anything too nefarious going on. But at the same time, like you're just, you're just watching them for any of those idiosyncratic movements of, you know, or ticks or things that you just go, oh, I'm not buying it, you know. And I mean, she was... You know, um, being as earnest as as you can imagine, you know, but it's still like that's that's if that's what your mind goes to, you know, even though, like, consciously you're you're thinking about it and you're going, wow, this is really sad. I feel really sorry for her, you know, blah blah blah. There's a part of you that's always questioning it, you know, it ever since things things like jo- JonBenet Ramsey and things like that, where. You know, everybody seems to formulate an opinion on whether or not they trust the family and, you know, they're not, oh, they don't seem as, as heartbroken as they should be or this or that. And it's like, I mean, going all the way back to Lindy Chamberlain, you know, everybody, the, the court of public opinion would judge every sentence that she uttered and every, every movement of her face or every tick or every everything and formulate an opinion on whether or not they believe them, you know, and mm. it's pretty sad. Um but also, we live in a world yeah, it's, it's where a things very, happen. You know? It's a very
1: like, cynical way to look at it. Like, it I don't think I've ever really seen it that way. Like, no,
0: well, I mean... You know,
1: I'm a family not... member goes missing, and I don't know. I've, I've just sort of like, yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But... I've not sat there going, hmm, do I believe you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what's happened is there's been too many notable um, situations where things have gone uh, you know, like kids go missing and then the parents come out and it's been bullshit. You know, do you remember that time there was a story ages ago of, um, I think it was a little boy went missing. I think if I'm remembering this correctly and, uh, the, the family were all over the news and they were doing everything. Oh my God. You know, or it was a couple of, two of their kids or something went missing and we, we need help, help finding them and, and all this. And it turned out they were in the attic the whole time. And it was just...
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, the dad put him there
0: yeah. or something. and it was just a, a way of getting attention, you know, like media attention or something. But Yeah, that's, it was like, that's I think he reason. wanted
1: a, like a reality show or something.
0: Yeah, it was something stupid like that, yeah. yeah. And I just remember like now that sort of informs all of my judgments on matters like this. It's like, do I trust them? Do I believe the story? Um, I mean, of course, fundamentally I do, but it's just weird that I just felt, I caught myself sort of, scrutinizing this video more than I should have, you know, and actually it worried me a little bit, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, uh, everybody, everybody sort of, you know, I mean, I I feel like it's probably something everyone does. Maybe people just don't catch themselves doing it so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, tough times, man. It's sort of, it's funny because it's like, because of the situation as well with Donald Logan, Gotham and, and all that, you start like creatively piecing together things as well. Like I was looking at it go, well, <laughs> you know, it's like this is happening to Bullock, you know? And and the and the crazy thing is I started noticing things like um at the bottom of the page it says, for any information, please contact the New York City Police Department officer frank falzoni or something like that and i'm like that's a comic book character that's not a real guy how many how many police chief dudes are named frank in real life like i mean in every movie yeah. or comic book there's a frank but i don't know about real life maybe there is but like that's the weird thing i start start thinking like wow man this isn't real you know uh, but um best of best wishes obviously to the family and i hope everything turns out all right but yeah <laughs> I th- i learned something about myself sadly yeah um, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, because we were kind of running a bit late this morning, and I was doing my prep work, and I usually what I do is, um, as Michael knows, I go through, um, you know, just I, I just do random Google searches for like this week in pop culture news or this week in comic book news or whatever. And I happen to be on uh, cbr.com. Comic book website, um, which is I think where I read the article about Donald Log actually, but also they had another article sort of below that, which was um, it was something like fifteen toys that you'd totally forgotten about, and, and I'm like, hey, trust me, dude, I remember, <laughs> I remember my childhood. It was So weird, man. There was like maybe out of I was like maybe maybe ten different brands of toys or whatever, um, whatever it was. But I, I went through and there was three I just completely didn't recognize, but all of the rest of them. I was looking at them and it took me a second. Like it wasn't even immediate recognition. I was going, "Eh, "Fucking," and then I'm like, wait a minute. I do remember this. You know, there was, there was always something (laughs) key about them that sort of made them stood out. And some examples Well, one, how could you forget this? This was a huge one when I was probably in about year four. Um, (laughs) I can't believe the fucking name. Ring Raiders. Do you remember Ring Raiders?
1: No, (laughs) not at all.
0: You would remember that name, right? (laughs) Ring Raiders were yeah. <laughs> they were these little spaceship sort of fighter jet things uh, about the size of, I guess they're probably about the size of your pinky. You know, like they're little micro okay. machine size ships, planes, jets, fighters, whatever. Um, and imagine them on a little clear stick, like a toothpick, on the end of that so you can move them around sort of on an axis. Yeah. And then the other end of that stick was attached to a ring that you'd put on your, your hand. And so you could put, like, a few of them on, on your fingers and you could fly them around and have these little dogfights in front of you, you know, like with these little fighter jets on the end of sticks that sounds so stupid <laughs> by today's standards. But back then, man, any kid that saw the TV commercial for Ring Raiders was like, fuck, <laughs> I need this, you know. And, I mean, this is around the time of... Um, You know, kids were interested in fighter jets and things like that. And, you know, even to the point where if you think about like Macross and Robotech and stuff, which was around the same time we were all pumping that sort of stuff. Um, the spaceships were modeled on like F-14s or whatever, you know, like, or F-18s or whatever fucking jets they were, um, they transformed into robots. But they were like based on real world fighters, you know, because that's the technology. That was the space age technology at the time. So you'd get these little stupid things that did nothing. They literally just sat on the end of your knuckles. And you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I'll fly around and shit. Um, Ring Raiders, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lest we forget, right? <laughs> um, what else oh was God. there? I think
1: I think they were a bit before my time. Yeah, yeah. Most of these will be, to yeah. be honest.
0: Because um, these I'm talking like way back in the ha- hazy days of my misspent youth um another one was uh, uh, uh see most of these were based on probably very short-lived cartoons and stuff as well but there was one called visionaries and visionaries were these stupid little robot men you know like action figure characters that had these big chests and they had a big flat panel on the front of the chest and they'd put a, a hologram on the front you know like the old school gold colored holograms like yeah. 3d holograms and they'd have it on there and each each one had a sticker of a hologram that made it look like you could see inside their chest and you could see something inside their chest um and they were each one was representative of that character's power so you know whatever it might be they had like a little icon inside their chest that looked like you were looking through a glass window into the chest cavity and you could see it in there moving like in 3d and yeah. i mean that was enough. This was pre-internet, man. That was enough to blow kids' minds. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, this is before like eight-year-olds were exposed to like red tube, you know. Was <laughs> <laughs> we, we had we had nothing better to do with our time. Um, <clears throat> so there was that one. Um, that were pretty cool. I seem to remember there was probably, you know, if there wasn't a cartoon, there was like very visceral TV commercials for him, I suppose. Um, There was also another one very similar in style called Centurions, which were these like action figures that were just dudes in like Iron Man style suits, but way more clunky because, you know, people couldn't design for shit back then, but these clunky sort of suits and they had all of these connectable sort of places on them where you could clip on weapons. Um, So, you know, like on their lower leg, there might be a little slot where you could clip on like a rocket or you know, you know to the side of them and you can click things onto their arms and their shoulders and their front and back and you know they end up with these huge rockets and like, like massive guns and shit clipped onto their backs but it just ended up looking ridiculous because it wasn't streamlined or anything like that it was just this action figure it's like you got an action figure and just super glued a whole bunch of unrelated weapons to them you know mm. so there was these dudes with like <clears throat> just really dumbly designed like um, guns and you know, explosives and all sorts of stuff just tacked onto the outside of their suits, you know. But um, that one, I, I remember them, but I, I remember thinking they weren't all that fucking great. <laughs> um, the oh, the
1: names sounded familiar, so I just looked it up, and they kind of look familiar. I feel yeah. like I've seen them before.
0: <clears throat> look, look up Visionaries, 80s toys, and you'll see what they, they are look already. like. All um, right. Because you may remember them as well. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if these weren't around when you were a kid, but you might have seen one in some other kid's toy box as a hand-me-down or some shit like.
1: Yeah, that. or like a, like a mom and pop toy store or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, just something dodgy. <clears throat> um,
1: yeah, no, nah, no, nah, not nah. at all.
0: Okay, so those those chest panels were holograms, and it was kind of neat for nerdy kids. Um, there was also one called Exo Squad, which again I looked at these, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I remember them, or if I'm just pretending to remember them. <laughs> um, you know, like you, you sort of. Uh, You get that, um, you know, you see the picture once and then you glance at it again you're like, wait, now it's familiar? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's called Exo Squad and it was 100% a complete ripoff of Ellen Ripley's Exo suit. Um, But it was (laughs) a bunch of heroes who wore those, you know, uh, loaders um, and with guns and shit attached to them, you know? So that was cool. Like, the cool thing about that is I was like, fuck yeah, man, this is like, um, you know, like, cause they never made official aliens toys and stuff back then, you know, like they're obviously available now as collectibles and shit, but back then, if you wanted a loader, you, you're shit out of luck, unless you had a fucking Exo Squad character, you know? <laughs> um, God,
1: I actually remember having an alien figure. Oh really? Toy. Yeah. It was a Xenomorph, but it had wings. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. So it was like the ones from the video games.
1: I think so, yeah. Obviously not (laughs) canon. Yeah.
0: Um, What else? Oh, yeah. Okay, so more on the holograms. See, I think it was Hasbro or something. They saw what was going on with visionaries with the holograms and they went, fuck, we can do that. So they came up with these ones called supernaturals. These ones I absolutely remember because I just remember the form factor of the little one, little characters being just really odd. But essentially, you had these big sort of, I guess cloaked-looking druid dudes. Uh, and under the hood, instead of having a face on the action figure, it just had a flat panel with a holographic face, which was actually pretty innovative at the time. Um, <clears throat> and they had other holographic panels and stuff on them as well, I remember. But each of them also had a sidekick who was a little, like, um, you know, no, like, like little uh, little person scale. Um, uh, cloaked character, again, like... Um, if you remember... What was that character from He-Man... Or Shira, with the fucking floating cloak dude. It was like that. But anyway. So imagine like you got a... You 3D printed a cloak from like a little... Like a, like a Hobbit character. And you just had it there. And then you just filled it with resin. So it had a flat front. Like where the cloak sort of goes around the head and around the sides. It's yeah. just flat on the front. And again, there was a hologram there. So the character itself wasn't... Like it was literally just a cloak with a holographic front where you could see the character. Um, which I thought was really clunky um, and still kind of do. But uh, again, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I remember him pretty clearly. So I must've known somebody who had them. Um, yeah. But the, again, like yeah, there's not much you can do with them. They're not articulated or anything. You just sort of do the old, <laughs> this guy's walking over here. <laughs> this guy's walking over there. <laughs> oh, look, magic powers. Ah, you know, like, just dumb shit like that. Um, now the toys play for you. <laughs> um oh and 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 the last one which jumped out as as a pretty distinct memory and i I don't know again if this was from a cartoon or or what but i was just looking at the picture and i recognized it immediately but what i didn't remember was just how fucking ridiculous this one was it was called crash dummies and so you'd get i know crash dummies right action figures that are crash dummies right and so Mm. you could get a car and you put them all in the little convertible and the convertible had crumple panels so you could slam it into something and the car would get destroyed and obviously the characters would fall out and their arms and legs would come off and shit but what i didn't remember is that it was like a nuclear family so you had the mum, the dad the fucking small child in the back and the dog (laughs) (laughs) so for all of these these poor orphan children (laughs) that had fucking kids parents who died in car crashes this is the toy for you <laughs> it's just fucking awful like you know you'd slam this car into like like something hard and the fucking car would just become destroyed and your mum and dad would fly out and the kid would be strapped into a baby seat a fucking dog it's like limping around and shit you know, who comes up with this shit you couldn't do it today man it's an 80s thing for sure you know but nah. Fucking hell! Look them up, dude. Look up Crash Dummies toys, and you'll see just how fucking retarded it is.
1: <laughs> uh, I I quite I remember them quite well.
0: Yeah, oh, goddamn.
1: I think there was actually a cartoon like when I was a kid.
0: Oh yeah, right on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was one hundred percent. sure. I'm going to confirm that. I feel like I'd seen them, but I I couldn't remember it well enough. You know, like it could that one very well could have been after my time. To be honest, uh, it
1: was a comic.
0: Right, okay. Really? <laughs> they made a comic? Yeah. I mean, it was that, it was that whole kind of um, thing like you had with, uh, you know, Garbage Pail Kids and stuff. It was kind of, I guess it was kind of like bad taste humor that was pretty popular back then, you know, like. Yeah. There was always something.
1: Oh, um, here we go. The Incredible Crash Dummies is an animated television special produced in 1993. <laughs> I knew that was a fucking cartoon. Oh, damn, God damn! God <laughs>
0: damn! Yeah, but either way, like it was like, you know, <laughs> parents back then just must not have given a fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, <laughs> definitely. Even even when I was a kid, no, I wasn't. I was a kid, relatively not that long ago. <laughs> um, Thanks. Man. Parents just didn't care. Yeah. They,
0: <laughs> just. Be I think
1: I was part of that that last generation where it was like. Come home when the street lights come on. Yeah, even that's you it. Yeah, yeah. Not a
0: second fucking later. But don't you dare stay in the house all day. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, do you want me here or not? Like when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. god. And we'd fucking we'd do it, man. Like you know, kids would find shit to do in the neighbourhood back then. That was that was the thing. You used, to, you used to actually fucking make friends. Remember making friends? Yeah. There was always some kid no. in your neighbourhood, <laughs> roughly your age, or if not a year or two older. You know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh god. Take you down this fine fox porn.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was always, there was always something in a park you could look at and just go, "What the fuck is this?"
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's kind of funny how like some toys stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are toys that have been around longer than we've both been alive, oh, 100%. and they're still. Like the the <laughs> one that immediately pops into my head is like the little green army men.
0: Oh for sure. Yeah, they're yeah, they're still... ubiquitous. They're in every toy box. No one knows where they come from. They're just always there. Yeah. I thought like they're just
1: they're, they're so they're so simple, though. They're just little green fucking pieces of plastic. Yeah, they've outlived all these different action figures from like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And, and, well, like something that would just appeal to kids more like these action figures would, but nothing like but they still make army
0: men i don't think they still make them i just think they haven't gone away <laughs> they're still there like every you know people look at them and go well it's not worth throwing out because it's just a little chunk of plastic i'll just dump it in the toy box <laughs> you know?
1: yeah. then you got like pop cap guns and oh, stuff yeah. like that they, yeah. they still get made it's
0: yeah but see they, you, you get them from the supermarket you know that's the kind of thing you go to like an iga and there'll be like a little rack with just dumb kid stuff and um, most notably, yeah. like fucking pop uh, cap guns, you know.
1: Yeah, but they still get made.
0: <laughs> yeah, those. those someone definitely someone somewhere is making them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. There's uh, a factory somewhere, and I I'm hoping it's, it's not, you know, uh, manned. It's, <laughs> hopefully, it's machine. It's, it's automated.
0: It just it's yeah. been there since the Soviets, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know.
1: No one's been in there.
0: They're like propaganda toys for like the Third Reich. <laughs> but it's like yeah. still pumping out and shipping, you know. <laughs> Pretty oh funny. god <laughs> oh fuck man old toys so i was talking about the other day as far as you know soviets and shit we're talking about vacuum tubes the other day because you know guitar and shit and um the way i understand the story is that there's no one makes them anymore every every guitar amp that's worth its shit in the world uses valves right so do like a lot of top end audio gear um you know like amps and stuff for your stereo and all that sort of thing They'll all use vacuum tubes because they're the analog best option, you know. Um, and no one makes them. They all come out of the Soviet Union ex-surplus. So they made so many fucking tubes back in the day that there's still warehouses <laughs> for them to power every fucking device that uses any kind of, like, valve amplification, you know. So weird. Jesus. And they're, like, they're, they're expensive, but they're not, like, prohibitively expensive you know they're just expensive mm. enough to fucking sting you every time you want to revalve your amp but not enough so that there's like oh there's none left in the world we sort of got to deal with what we've got you know um yeah because there's just so many you know i feel like at some point though they're going to run low and someone's going to start making them again as like a you know the way that sony yeah, actually sony just fucking announced they're producing vinyl again Oh, shit. Yeah, like, up until now, you had to go to these little sort of clandestine <laughs> um, shitty <laughs> outfits that would do the job for you, you know. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're opening a pressing plan again. They're actually producing vinyl, which is really surprising. Being that, like, we well, that, only ever sell... That, that just tells as, me it's a,
1: it's a big given. sign that vinyl is pretty much back. Yeah. Like, if you ever want a confirmation... Mm. God damn.
0: Yeah, it's pretty pretty weird. Um just a strange. The power sh-
1: of hipsters, huh?
0: Yeah, hipsters, man. <laughs> the fuck do they know? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the you know, goddamn. <laughs> hipsters. <laughs> fucking douchebags. You know, I can I can tell you a hundred reasons why that like digital is better than fucking vinyl and nobody will listen to you.
1: Yeah, no, because it's vintage, man. Yeah. It just sounds better.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess it's speculative. It's like you can represent much more of the frequency range and better dynamics and all that with with digital. There's no two ways about it. Um, people will argue that. People will seem to think that there's like... Um, you know, high octave sort of frequencies and stuff like that coming out of vinyl, which I, I don't really believe. But they're like, that's where the warmth comes from. No, the warmth the warmth comes from noise. It's about it's about harmonic distortion and noise. Like the reason it sounds pleasant for you to listen to is because it's it's dirty and grungy and noisy. It's not because it's a better quality of recording or a better caliber or anything like that. It's really it's an interesting sort of topic to get involved in, but it's like it's like arguing politics or religion. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how yeah. convincing you are, you're wrong, you know. Um yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty funny though. Oh, like one time my, my mate Marshall is he's a massive advocate for digital. And one day we we're at this um we used to have a mobile recording studio and we'd go out and we record choirs and school orchestras and things like that. And we we're at this university um choral event. It was like a little bit of an orchestra and, and a choir um recording some stuff, and so you know, they're all backstage and stuff, and we've got our road Gear set up, you know, with um we used to record to um like 16-track hard disk recorders. So essentially it's like a rack mounted 16-track recorder, and we had two of them, so we could have 32 tracks. That'd be plugged into a mixing desk where we'd have all the mics coming into and blah 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 blah. But um, dude comes over and looks at it, and like, you know, just this fucking hipster old guy, he's like with his glasses and shit, and he's like looking at it going, oh yeah, this is all very impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. <laughs> and we're like, and Marshall's like, yeah, man, you know, and mind you, these things are each of those recorders is probably worth about eight grand each, right? They're fucking back then; they were super expensive. This is before you could really rely on PCs for that sort of work. Um, yeah. And so these they were dedicated hardware recording systems for this very situation, right? And the dude looks at him and he goes, mm, "Yeah, no, this is all very good. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a real shame that you guys can't record us in analog, though." And Marshall just sprung to his feet, turned around. He has this posture that he does. Where he gets, he gets all his chin goes up and he crosses his arms in front of his chest. He's like, "Huh? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Tell me why. Tell me why. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really curious to hear why you think that the analog would be better." I'm like, "Fucking calm down, dude. Fucking relax. This guy's just, this guy's just made a, a passing comment? You know, like, just, yeah. ah, it's a shame it's not analog." He's like fuck! <laughs> he just fucking hulked out on this dude. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, uh, well, I guess everybody's got an opinion, Marsh. They're paying us a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was fucking great. He just gets so fucking defensive. <laughs> oh,
1: my uh, God.
0: No, good good times, good times. There we go. Um, have you watched the Atomic Blonde trailer? I've seen two of them oh okay cool i've only seen the one uh so it might have been the newest one i think it headlines a new atomic blonde trailer lands or something um yeah pretty cool pretty cool it does it does yeah it looks it, looks sick. it's very reminiscent of like movies like salt and what else there's something on the tip of my tongue that's um a lot like and i can't think what it was but i mean essentially it's like jason bourne style action with a female lead which is really cool um uh good cast too. Charlize, uh James McAvoy. I just I recently yeah. watched uh Split, which was fucking amazing. Um John Goodman. And I think it's directed by uh was a David Leach who I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to look it up, but he was he's from like John Wick. Um I don't know if he directed John Wick or if he was a second A D or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um yeah, like fucking it looks like it's going to bust some heads, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those movies that won't do well. Box office wise.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit scared of that. Uh, as well.
1: Unless, unless word of mouth sort of. Yeah. Picks it up.
0: I mean, the trailer shows a fair bit of stuff that like, you know, things you don't see very often. I wouldn't say it's things you've never seen before, but it definitely, it looks full belt, man. Like it's, it doesn't look like they're holding back on the tempo. You know, it's like,
1: yeah. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Wow. I just... Yeah, just, I feel like their marketing budget isn't... a, a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> like the, the only place I've seen the trailers are the internet, which, I, yeah. fair enough, that's where you, you get your widest audience, but, you know, yeah. I don't think I've seen a trailer in the cinemas. Mm-hmm. And I've I've seen, like, nothing, you know, like, poster-wise or anything.
0: When's it out, though?
1: Uh, August?
0: I think, okay. yeah, pretty yeah, sure they should be hitting it pretty hard now. Maybe they'll do some TV campaigns when it launches. Who yeah. Knows? But, um, and
1: yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't watch TV, so I don't know. Do they still show movie trailers on TV or what?
0: not? Trailers, but you know, commercials and stuff like that, like
1: TV spots and shit. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the trailer they they were doing that thing where they oh sorry hit the mic they were doing that thing where um you know they're like they're blowing up all the quotes. On the screen, in between all the action, and you know, uh, like, yeah, where yeah, it's like, yeah. um, all other box office movies of the summer need to beware and all this sort of shit. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's probably a better movie than even the trailers letting on, because um, they can only show so much. But uh, mm. again, at the same time, it could just be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Although I feel like I feel like with the cast and stuff, they they've attracted a pretty good cast. So we'll yeah. See. We'll see. So I'll hope.
1: <laughs> I can't think of a bad movie John Goodman's been in. Yeah, recently. not recently.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, what would you think of um, Cloverfield Lane? I loved it. I watched it I thought not it was great. too long ago, actually. Um, yeah, it was good. Some people take exception to the ending. Um, I-, I probably
1: uh, would have liked it. I do. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it, but it didn't detract from the whole movie. Yeah, okay, so, so what, what,
0: Okay. What, what do you find that you weren't stoked with? Uh, like just you, the, you wanted them to not tell you if it was a real alien threat or not, leave it up to the viewer.
1: You could do that, hmm. and you could have done it so much better. But just the tone shift, because hmm. it's such a it's such a slow burn. The whole movie, yeah, it's just intense, and it's all this build up, and then the second she gets outside, spoiler hmm. alert, the second she gets outside, it's a fucking action movie.
0: Yeah, I get like, that. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. it's very jarring. You just like, am I watching the same movie? What the fuck's going on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who invited these guys? Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I feel you on that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I I would have liked to, her to have made it outside, waved down a car, and that'd be the end of it. And there could very well be an alien invasion going on outside these walls, but we we don't know because we're too far away from it. You know, um, mm. I feel like that would be more beneficial to Goodman's character to do it that way. Um, Yeah. You know, because you you don't really know. I mean, you know he's a little off kilter, but you never really know if he's legit. You know, that Mm. that would be the cool movie for me. Um, And everyone can speculate on it for the next decade. (laughs) Yeah. They're always sort of the coolest (laughs) movies to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, have you seen that new Neil Blomkamp short film? I haven't watched it, but I've seen... I skimmed through it to just look at the visuals. Um,
1: I didn't realize he was still doing things.
0: No. Well, dude, he did like a, a full um, short film kind of... Let let me know if, you, if you're kind of interested in this universe kind of tester sort of thing. Um, which he does pretty commonly, apparently. I think he did that with uh, Chappie. That's why Chappie got made. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but this one's really interesting. It's about a... Um, I'm probably paraphrasing this all incorrectly, but... It's about a um, a river demon sort of thing, I guess, in the jungles of somewhere, um, where a guy a guy, <laughs> well, I want to say Africa because he's Neil Blomkamp, but it actually looks more like the fucking Amazon. Um, and the the demon possesses some guy, and. Uh, and basically goes on a rampage, you know, but the demon itself looks fucking insane, dude. Like really like straight out of hell, but with enough mm. sort of, of an ethnicity to it for it to be like a, you know, like something the shaman warned, warned you about, you know, but there's some sick effects in it. Like there's the guy's walking along and his flesh just sort of just evaporates off him slowly and like, and, and falls away and just floats off uh, until he's essentially a skeleton with like organs. Um, and then this sort of creature just sort of envelops him like almost like a suit and just like, or like armor, you know, um, yeah. it's really fucking cool, you know, but it's one of those, he goes onto the military base and everybody's fucking losing their shit, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, but it, that's, I'd, I'd be really interested to see where it goes, you know, if, if something gets made from it. Um,
1: hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look it up.
0: Yeah, I wish I could remember what it's called. <laughs> if you just look up New Neil Blomkamp, new short film, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Should yeah, be sim- simple. Yeah, it's so- it's like twenty minutes long or something.
1: Oh, 20 minutes. Oh,
0: who has got that kind of time. Oh my god, I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I might go straight into um, I might go straight into uh, artist of the week and I don't know, I was thinking about it this morning and I don't know whether or not I've actually done a feature on this guy before. I've certainly talked about him more than enough. Um, but I wasn't going to go back through 20 episodes of, fucking <laughs> of our podcast to, to figure out if we've done it before. So, um, I'm going to talk today about Scotty Young. Um, and God, uh i don't think you have yeah re- regular viewers of the show will be familiar and oh and i should i want to issue an apology i insulted somebody last podcast by saying that our uh, one fan paulie kwan and uh, <laughs> i got a very stern um uh very stern message from uh <laughs> your mate um uh, uh, carl <laughs> about that say hey fuck you i watch the show too so i'm like all right okay so we got two guys watch. that that's cool um and <laughs> bloody Carl. Eh,
1: fuck you anyway.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so all right Carl. <laughs> this one's for you buddy. So all right, so I'll jump in the gallery. Um okay, so Scotty Young's been on the scene for quite a while. Um I would I printed out his Wikipedia page uh but unfortunately my printer is doing what printers do and that's not print anything so <laughs> um I've got some some stuff here. The, the reason I want to talk about Scotty Young is he's by and large the reason I got into reading comics again. I think I mentioned this not long ago. Um, because we we went into the comic book shop. Uh, Jacob and I, another guy I work with. Um, and we were just looking around. This is just after Guardians came out. And we were like, comic books, man. When was the last time you read a comic book? So we go down to the comic book shop. And uh, for some reason, Rocket Raccoon Issue 1 just jumped off the shelf. I saw the cover and it literally just went up on the screen a second ago. Um, and uh, it's like, it just looked really awesome. Um, and the style spoke to me because it kind of, it's, his style is really goofy. And it reminded me of some of the lesser known comics that I, I used to, um, or the lesser known arcs that uh like i used to read and enjoy from 2000 ad back when i was a teenager where there was always like you had these really serious brutal you know really graphic imagery kind of action stories and then they'd have some goofy character from the universe doing just something stupid in you know wedged in between those stories and they were always the ones that spoke to me you know it was the it was the artist who would put the little dumb looking rat in the corner with you know bug eyes and shit that you would notice if you just looked hard enough you know Um, And that's exactly what Scott Young was doing with with Rocket back in the day. Um, And he had a really cool flow to the writing. Um, He ended up stepping away from the art after a certain amount of issues, I think 10 issues or something, which was a real shame, but they they always tried to find somebody who did a similar style. There's there's the cover there um, that I remember. Um, And uh, he just has this sense of humor with the way that he poses characters uh he he manages to do the same sort of dynamic um frames like a frame that's just action-packed and it's from an interesting camera angle and the characters are doing just the right amount of this or that or it's an overblown sort of posture that just screams like action but he does it in a cartoonist style instead of a comic artist style and that i really dig Um, You and I both read uh, I Hate Fairyland, which we just saw there. Good for Fairyland. Um, And uh, in fact, I just read the most recent one. Uh, Where's my...
1: Uh, The Larry. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is
0: Gert's sidekick, Larry. See, again, this this was a great issue, but it it disappointed me because it changes artists halfway through um, in a flashback sequence, which is actually really clever. And the art style is pretty cool as well. In fact, it's really familiar. The artist is... Um variant uh, guest artist Dean Rankin, who I know the name and I know I've seen his art before, but I have no idea where from. It's very it looks like the guy who created um uh it probably even is actually. Um who's that Wallaby cartoon? Um
1: Huh?
0: You know the cartoon about the Wallaby with his little buddy uh, spunky? Um you're losing me. Oh, fuck. People are screaming at me right now. Or at least they would be if people watch this. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> a Cow and Chicken. Um, was it though? It wasn't even. No, he had a cow friend. Um, oh, my God. Oh, Rocco. Rocco's Modern Life. Maybe it's that guy. Um, or he kind of looks like Money Munsky. <coughs> I don't know. Hang on. Can you, can you look it up? It's Dean Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N-E. All right. I'm really unprepared sex. for this because it just jumped out at me just now, but, um, but yeah. So you, Scotty's... you
1: keep talking.
0: Yeah, Scotty's art style. Um, what's what? I, what really speaks to me about it more is his inking. Um, I mean, the characters are always really cool and everything, um, but he inks with a brush, um, and so you you have these really dynamic line weights and stuff. Not so much that bit, but let's jump to the end again. Um that just sort of lend themselves to his style you see that like these uh what would you call it like the, he he seems to have just this mastery of line weight where he can just draw things um and always just get the fineness of the line and thickness of the line exactly right in the right places with just a flick of his hand as opposed to really thinking about it um and that comes just from years and years of having a style and that's the other thing too like if i look back at um see if there's anything in here um yeah see like that american gods cover his picture of the joker whenever he's doing anything that's not um you know marvel's babies or like cover variants um in in this sort of style um he's he's art style um it's still recognizable you know he's it's a completely different art style like he did a, a number of other books and stuff before he started getting famous for doing this sort of thing um and but the, the style was always there, even though when he was drawing proper superheroes and proper poses, he was they were always kind of lanky and goofy and interesting, you know. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's 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 my rant on Scotty Young. Um, I will literally, if if he if he did a comic book of the fucking phone book, I'd buy it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just speaks to me. Any luck with Dean Rankin?
1: I, I assume it's this one. Um, Dean Rankin is a popular and well-known Australian comics artist, yes. writer and illustrator. Rankin's comics work has appeared in many children's magazines, kids zone, explore venue, Mania, crash, uh, and, and wacky, but true. Blah, 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 so, blah, blah, nomination? blah.
0: That's really weird.
1: No. His characters include gross girl and booger boy and mania. Te- teenage in turkeys. With- <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, freelancing I'm for Simpsons Comics Simpsons. and Bart yep, Simpson's comics go. on Bongo. That's where I've seen his style before. Um, Futura, he's done Futurama. armor and Mr. Burns. Batman Trading Cards. Wow, that really surprised me. Well, then who created Rocco's Modern Life?
1: Uh,
0: someone else. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, Don't know what to say. Rocco's... But yeah, if you look at the style, I guess it is... Yeah, it is pretty different actually. I'm just re- remembering it wrong. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think I think a lot of those uh, old Nicktoons have that similar yeah. style.
0: Yeah, they're, they're all trying to be Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Joe Murray created.
0: Yeah, you're Bronco's right. I remember model. that. I remember that now. Yeah. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. It was these sort of, I don't know if you can see that. Um, it's like that style where they get the goofy eyes and stuff. It just reminded me of this dude. Wow. That's cool. I mean, it's amazing to see an Australian artist getting like, a, as much as, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's done heaps of work with the Simpsons and stuff, but it's cool to just sort of like see him guesting on something like this. Uh, out of nowhere. And that that's, it's cool because now I know who it is. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So you about ready for comic of the week?
1: Oh, uh, Maybe.
0: All right, let me hit the button so we make it official. (laughs) Comic of the week. Comic of the week. There we go. All right. What do you What do you got for us, man?
1: Um, I can't remember if I get confused with what I've picked for. um, (laughs) You're doing too many podcasts, man. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's true. Um, fuck, I. I want to pick All Star Superman, but I don't know if I've picked it before for this.
0: Uh, I don't believe you have.
1: Because I've I've been thinking about it recently. I've I've got to go back and read it again. But it's it's the quintessential Superman story.
0: Okay. It's,
1: um, it's written by Grant Morrison.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, don't ask me who does the art because I don't know. That's your fucking department.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's probably um, layers, but yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs>
1: No, it's it's not Jim. Definitely <laughs> not Jim. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, it's it, to me, it is the the quintessential Superman story. It basically he's well into his career and his life at this point, but he gets diagnosed with a, a form of cancer and it's killing him. Superman. And yeah, Shouldn't
0: and there's so no death, yellow sun. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, fair <laughs> enough
1: But um, yeah And it basically follows different Sort of stories leading up to His final moments And there's like a lot of Confrontations no, Not really confrontations But there's just moments with a lot of the major characters Like the major Superman characters over the years Like mm-hmm. he has moments with Lex He has moments with Lois He has There's like a part I think it's near the end, where he has a conversation with his father, Jor-El, like his Kryptonian Virgil father.
0: Virtual
1: um, yeah. and I think, I can't remember if Park Kent's dead in this one. I'm pretty sure Mark Kent's still alive. I think he, he has a moment with Mark Kent. And there's just like various other things that happen that show off different, I don't want to say show off, but they sort of touch on the different sides of him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like the the strong side, the caring side. Is there an the,
0: underlying storyline, like a, a villain or anything, or just him? He's battling with existence.
1: Um, since I'm not sure how it was released originally, but I, I imagine it'd be one issue at a time. But there were different arcs. Okay. So, kind of like, um, are you are you reading All Star Batman right now? No. Okay, no mind. Basically, there's like different arcs that go for a few issues and then they just sort of move on to the next one. There is like an underlying arc throughout the whole thing. Like with all star Superman, it starts essentially with Lex and ends with Lex. And cause basically I I believe it was Lex that gave him the cancer. Oh, I think
0: what a dick. I (laughs) I know.
1: Right. (laughs) Does Lex ever
0: stop being a fucking dick?
1: (laughs) Sometimes. Stupid Lex Luthor. um, yeah, it, it's I've, – I've got to go back and read it again, but it, it is such an amazing Superman story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Such an amazing story in general. It If you ever – if you're one of those people that don't like Superman because he's, quote, unquote, a boring character, Yeah. fucking pick up All-Star Superman and you'll sort of see the potential that you can reach with that character. So there's like
0: more of a depth to him.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Definitely. Mm, that's cool. But, um, yeah,
1: it's, it, like I said, it's the, it's the quintessential Superman story. Um, and it has one of the greatest moments from Lex Luthor ever. Probably, probably his greatest moment. And it's not even an evil moment. Mm. It kind of is, but kind of isn't like he, there, I'm not, I'm not going to explain too much because it'll take me a while, but long story short, there's a moment where Lex gains Superman's powers. Mm. And he's like, you know, oh, this is fucking amazing. Like, you know, I'm going to fix the world, blah, blah, blah. But then he, he sort of becomes crippled, not physically, but just emotionally because he starts seeing all the different spectrums that Clark can see, like, you oh, know, yeah. the x-ray vision, the heat vision, all that sort of stuff. And he slowly just sort of stops and he's like, this is how he sees the world. Like he sees that everything is connected and – you know we're all just sort of like one thing living here and he he just sort of stops and he's like i he like i said he just he sees the way clark sees things and he's like this is why he is the way he is mm-hmm. and as he realizes this the powers go away and he's just like he he wants them back so desperately and he's just—he's broken. He—he he essentially breaks himself, <laughs> yeah. just from seeing things from Superman's point of view. Oh wow! I thought that was fucking amazing.
0: That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's not something they, um, you, you get to like. It's like he's like he caught the road runner, and now he's like, "Fuck, this isn't what I expected at yeah. all." Yeah,
1: kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it was such a such a strong moment. First time I read it. I was like, fuck. Like, Grant Morrison to come up with something like that, like, only Grant Morrison (laughs) could. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking writer. Oh, yeah. Fucking brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. All Star Superman. Do it.
0: All right. Um, Is it still running or is that like an old book? Oh, it's pretty old. Yeah.
1: Fairly old. Like, it's in a trade paperback.
0: Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. as if it wouldn't be <laughs> I'm like thinking about oh yeah cool maybe I can pick that up it's like fuck <laughs> <laughs> when, when am I ever going to get time to read that fucking thing um, so what else I thought? oh yeah I also read The Forge as well oh right Dark Days The Forge I'm putting it up in front of my camera now and nobody can see it because it's dark um, <laughs> uh, oh there we go <laughs> I've got my main camera there we go. Um, Dark Days, The Forge. Good. So this is like a a prelude to uh, Batman Metal, right? So I'm yeah, guessing this yeah, is going to be Dark like a Knights short Battle. run of like, what, six six books or something.
1: No idea. Hmm. I imagine it would be. Yeah. But yeah. Pretty cool. What do you think?
0: So far, yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah. They've already thrown everybody into the, into the fucking fray right from mm. issue one, which is cool. Um, yeah. Don't want to give away I, the ending, man. I
1: thought it was kind of... Thought it was ah, oh, I was going to. Oh, <laughs> what, mind. the Joker? Yeah.
0: Yeah. If, oh fuck! If you're happy to do it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I was just. I was. I thought it was kind of fucked up that Bruce keeps the Joker <laughs> locked up.
0: Yeah. Uh, why not? He <laughs> keeps on getting out of yeah. fucking Arkham, right? Um,
1: yeah. The no way look. it was fucking the fucking with um Howl and Duke, I'd, I fucking love that. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs>
0: I love the way that it's this... Un- they're writing it as if this underlying story has always been there in the background, just no one knew about it, you know? I feel yeah. Like it's, it seems like yeah. really late in the fucking game to be throwing out things like that, which is a, just a sign of really creative writing, you know? Um, yeah. yeah.
1: and I mean, it's Snyder. and I mean, he's, he's basically going back to his Batman run because, like, you mm. can tell during his Batman run there's something under the surface mm. that not even... like. You feel like Batman is keeping secrets from the reader. Yeah. Like he's not telling you something.
0: He's keeping secrets from fucking everybody in this. Yeah, everybody's like, hey, what the fuck? I didn't know about this. Yeah. So I didn't know yeah, about pretty that. Much. Remember that secret room that I told you never to go into, uh, Superman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still yeah. don't go in Did there. Did you go in there? Nah. <laughs> nah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I love most, though, is you would never know that there was a fucking Wonder Woman movie out. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause okay, I'm like right here I got a double page spread of um I guess you know twelve inch statues. Then you flip yeah. over a couple of pages and then you got um Wonder Woman training, a <laughs> twelve inch movie statue. And then <laughs> the next page over is Wonder Woman in Theatres. Get ready for this summer's highly interested movie with these acclaimed graphic novels. Um and then like the very back page as well is like Wonder Woman the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> by Fuck it no. They've they're fucking hitting it on all angles, man. I'd be surprised if there's not something on the front. Nah, something else. Munchkin Pathfinder is the they got the front cover. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, interesting, <laughs> interesting um starting point anyway. I'm kinda keen to see where that goes. It might I might have to put that on my pull list. Um which is something I haven't yeah. added I haven't added to my pull list for a long time.
1: <laughs> just funny kind of funny tom just added it to mine oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and he's i like, went in yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. without me
1: doing anything i walked in and it was like sitting there in my pile i was like oh you knew he's like
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> good dude <laughs> nah yeah man support your local comic book shop man fuck these guys they know you they know what you like i mean that's the thing like i've got you know i put rocket on my pull you list do. yeah i put rocket on my pull list and i've never taken it off um, And it's, you know, they, they just always put aside anything. Like, to be fair, a lot of the stuff I've picked up, I probably didn't want it. Um, but I've got <laughs> it now, so it's all right. But it's, I guess it keeps you motivated to keep collecting. Like, this is the new Rocket here. Um, and I don't know the artists, I don't know the writers, I don't know anything about it. Um, but I'm still reading this because they just keep on, every time they start a new run of Rocket or Groot. just automatically put it in my pull list I'm like all right, I'll fucking I'll bite you know (laughs) but this this one seems a bit unusual to me the the the, um Guardians of the Galaxy grounded ones I actually quite liked they were really cool um we've spoken about it before Rocket with um Star Lord uh, yeah Rocket and Star Lord had their own (coughs) run where they were stuck on Earth because the ship was fucked or whatever um sorry making a bunch of noise there um yeah but, cool all right this page is actually looking pretty fucking good man <laughs> I'm getting excited Uh-oh. about it it's it's I'll it's take, a complicated I'll take one. your word for it well okay let me let me read what you left me as far as like the outlook goes let me for everyone playing at home this is what, this is what I get from Michael he writes the script and then he does these page layouts and it's like three panels of which s- lose guidelines. Yeah, loose, loose guidelines, yeah. Just so I know what to put on each page so that I don't have to worry about pacing or anything like that because I'd just sit there and draw 15 images of Nyssa walking down the street. Um, <laughs> and all three panels of Nyssa searching for food um, in various places throughout the city. So that was hard. So I just had her coming through the window of a skyscraper. That she, she was The last page, the last image was her flying um, between buildings. So this is her stepping through a broken window into a skyscraper. She's looking... There's like a um, a decrepit, rundown kitchen, which I've got to do more work distressing. It's not quite fucked up enough just yet. And then the next frame is uh, her crouching down, looking at it in a cupboard, pulling out a can. Um, then the next frame is her putting the can in the um, into a little knapsack thing. And then, uh, see, so yeah, I had to I did change the pacing a little bit to try and get all the pictures to work together, but. Nissa, this, this, the middle of the page says Nissa standing on a building looking out at the wasteland. A lot of exposition going on here. Uh, and then a close of her looking pissed off, annoyed. And then Nissa flying off toward the wasteland. So, w- what I've left as far as space goes is I've done almost two thirds of the page with just that first bit. Um, and so, I squeezed a frame in here on the right of the middle panels of her as she's crouching down, packing the bag. The next frame. Is an over the shoulder shot of her looking out the window again. And there'll be like skyscraper buildings and shit in the background. Uh, And then her looking pissed off and annoyed and then just maybe jumping out the window and flying away, sort of thing, which I can do with what's left on the page. So, yeah, it's um, so I'm not 100% following Michael's like breakdown of of the imagery because sometimes it's like when it comes. When do you ever? Well. when it comes to the bricks and mortar of putting together a bunch of imagery, um, sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than than a sentence on the page. So um, in this case, I've sort of shuffled everything a little bit and made some choices with sizing and stuff like that to try and put... The shots with heaps more detail are bigger and, and shots that just sort of demonstrate, I guess, um, an action are much smaller and less complicated. Um, but yeah, it'll still... like Everything's obviously... All mm-hmm. the intention is going to fit on the page. It's just got to be done a little bit differently. So, yeah, yes, but um,
1: which is which is why they're just guidelines. I don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. We we have. Like Corey is the.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how he's
1: the re- expert on the on the visual department.
0: Well, see, I, I mean, I don't know how it works in, in in like real comic land, but I'm assuming. Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, I guess. The, They would do thumbnail storyboards, I guess. I know that Sean Murphy does, like, thumbnail page layouts before he starts working on each page. Um, And I guess maybe he sends that through to approval with the writer. I don't know whether it's just for him or or not, but I've seen him do it before, that's all. So, um, yeah, just to get an idea, a representation of what's going on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, either way, this this system's sort of working out for us, albeit slowly, but we're getting there. Um, Yeah. But anyway, I guess that's about it. Um, what are we at? Uh, an hour and two minutes. You got anything else, man?
1: Uh, no. All right. I well, think I'm good.
0: We better get ready for work. God damn it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. So thanks for checking in. We can only do this with your support. If you like the show, please spread the word and share our show wherever you can. Um, If you listen to the show on your commute, search iTunes uh, for Pretty Sketchy Podcast and subscribe. If you're listening and you want to actually watch what I'm doing, search YouTube for Pretty Sketchy Podcast as well. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for checking in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.